0: Today on the Cast, it was National Video Game Day on Monday, and what else would myself and Paul Charchian, of all the nerds in the world, talk about than that? I do my best Galaga impression, and Charch argues Doom is the most influential video game of all time. All that plus American Idiot nearly dies taking Bull Selfie. Your bonus 45 minutes plus of little old me is locked and loaded, so buckle up! And let's go. Here we go. Tuesday, July 9, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Before we get to charge, I wouldn't have believed this. And I didn't believe this unless it was brought to my attention. I wouldn't believe this would be true. But it was brought to my attention by one Glenn Marks. Uh, who apparently lives in Australia, he sent me this picture. Well, you can't see it, but I'll show it. I'll tell you what it is. Sent me a picture of his This Date in History calendar. Uh, this would be Monday, July 8, 2019. In the, On this date, July eighth, in 2017, star quarterback Kirk Cousins declined to sign a long-term contract with his team, the Washington Redskins deciding instead to play the next year and keep his future options open. Then during a press conference about the decision, team president Bruce Allen called him Kurt, not Kirk, not once, but three times. At least he didn't call him Quirk is the heading of this calendar entry. And my first thought was, okay, somebody took a picture. Of one of those little square, this date, you know, in, in history calendars, and did an artful Photoshop of this incident because that's not something that would be worthy of a calendar, would it? So I sent my man Glenn Marks an email. I go, okay, I need confirmation. This is a real calendar you really bought, and it's not a Photoshop. And he goes, yeah. He said, it's the real deal. I got it at one of those calendar club stands they have in the mall. At the end and the start of each year, at least they do here in Australia, I think it's out of the States as it's all your holidays are in it. This one was themed Senior Moments. So in other words, the calendar was themed Senior Moments, and one of the entries was on this date, July 8th. Bruce Allen called Kirk Cousins Kurt not once, but three times. That is still legend here in D.C. as to whether or not Bruce Allen just didn't really speak clearly when it came to Kirk versus Kurt. He didn't stick the K on the end. Whether it was intentional to sort of try to put him in his place. Whether it was sloppy. Whether he just didn't care. Whether he just didn't know. It was embarrassing. I think for a lot of us Redskin fans, we're like, dude, you're trying to get the guy to sign a contract, and you're calling him by the wrong name. It'd be like calling you Bruf, Bruf Allen, Uh, Bruce, Bruf, same thing. Got to say the name right. There it is, an actual, real thing. Uh, This email from Jim Steele, Chevy Chase, Maryland. Zabe, regarding your suggestion for emailing about topics, how about not 20 minutes plus of Women's World Cup protest talk, followed by not having Andy Poland start his segment with a few more minutes of Women's World Cup protest stuff. I replied simply, got it. Jim then responded, you know, Zabe, the Grover bit on your local show in DC more than made up for the Zabe cast Rapino Luza. Schlancha, which is Irish for Cheers, Jimmy Steele, Chevy Chase Maryland. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Yes, I, I induced I induced Scott to do his Grover impersonation, which is excellent. Grover says this. Grover says He says it's hard on his throat. He does a good Grover. I don't do a good Grover. And uh, we always invoke Grover when it comes to looking at the baseball puff, which is playoff odds, which is a number calculated by the nerds at Fangraphs. Fangraphs Fangraphs.com is one of the leading baseball nerd sites that calculates all kinds of things. Who high, such as VORP and babip and uh, launch angle and number of barrels and blah, 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 exit velocity. And the Nationals puff or playoff chances, according to whatever formula they use, uh, was pretty low early in the year when they were struggling. But it was still at least in the 20% range to make the playoffs. The puff for the Nationals is all the way up to 78%. So the joke would always be, do I dare look at the puff? And how early in the season can you look at the puff and start getting worried? And Scott would then go into his scared Grover voice based on the children's classic book that I read and had read to me by my parents, the monster at the end of the book. Grover was dearly afraid of the monster at the end of the book when the monster turned out to just be him. Big deal. So reading the puff is like, oh my God, what are our chances of making the playoffs? I don't want to look. I don't want to look. So he would do Grover. And then he broke into the near versus far bit, which Grover does. And now somebody wants him to do only Grover voice in analyzing every one of the 32 NFL teams this summer as to whether they are near or far from the Super Bowl. The, the silly little things that make adult men laugh sometimes. And with that, time to go north of the this wall. Is where the DJ Cox, don't say anything. Okay. Oh, Alright, oh, let's try that. How's that? Good day, oh hey, good, good day, hoser. Say hi to day. Paul Charchian. Hello, church
1: Hey. It is I missed you last week. I want you to know that I was uh, I was thinking about you while I was in uh, New York City. And not just because it was uh it was it was the world's biggest gay pride parade.
0: But I, <laughs> not I, that there's I, anything I, wrong with it, by the way.
1: No, there specifically isn't anything wrong with it. And <laughs> not only that, but I think it's a good opportunity to reflect on the, the great and sometimes intimate friendships that, you know, I have developed over the course of my life, including yeah, mine as yours.
0: You know what's uh, unfortunate in today's hypersensitive day and age in which uh, there's no joking allowed and, no. and, and everything is an outrage to be uh, foisted upon the internet mob, you really can't make light jokes about homophobia amongst men. Not that you're anti-gay, but that you're afraid of being seen as gay, which I suppose uh, I guess means you're afraid of gays? Maybe. I
1: don't know. I mean, I'd like to think you could do
0: both. Um, but I, yeah, it's uh, yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can tell you this much. The city of New York City, it's its never been more buff than it was for the gay pride parade. It's just, it's just shirtless dudes that are ripped <laughs> all over New York City.
0: Well, part of it is men are visual creatures. This is, yeah. as Ron Burgundy would say, it's a fact. It's science. <laughs> yes. And so if you're a gay man competing in a gay man world for a uh-huh. mate it helps to be in good shape. It really does. It, <laughs> because, I think it really does. Because and, while, while Paul may say he likes Steve's sense of humor and his bon vivance, that doesn't do. necessarily pay the bills. Like, a woman will be with a man because of a lot of different factors well beyond just good looks. Oh, Men, for sure.
1: If, if I were to tell you, Zabe, that I'm looking at a couple that is mismatched on appearance who's the hotter one the man or the woman nine times out of ten
0: the woman
1: correct there Absolutely are very
0: true. there are very few really good looking dudes way under kicking their cover correct
1: because they don't have to
0: and and they won't settle well we're we're visual creatures. Yes. they will men will likely make the mistake of being with a physically more attractive woman who is not more of an emotional you know counterpart just because mm-hmm. we're driven by Visual things. This goes back, I mean, hundreds and hun- thousands of years. Oh, caveman. This is caveman well, stuff. Well, because cavemen had to be visually focused to, what do we call it, survive charge.
1: Exactly. Yeah, there, to spot to spot the gazelle in the brush.
0: Or spot the saber-toothed tiger rustling in the leaves yeah. one second before it's about to jump on you and eat you.
1: Right. I mean, you know, If if we think... Snacks Harrison is great at anticipating the snack count, the snap count. Imagine what it was like for caveman who's trying to anticipate the saber toothed tiger. I mean, this is life and death.
0: It comes to do it right. It comes from Snack Harrison's great, 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 great grandfathers back in the day, many generations ago. The problem though with cavemen is very poor in zone coverage, so their schemes were aggressive. But they were simple. They were mostly man-to-man schemes, and they could be beaten.
1: And don't forget the uh, antelope to man. There, I think there was some there was some of that. And um, they had to... It, it, Not
0: man-to-man, it, antelope to man.
1: <laughs> antelope to man. You, you, you threw your spear at the antelope. And if you actually hit the antelope, that was just the beginning of your problems. Because right. the antelope doesn't die. Now the antelope is at a full gallop for some series of miles and you got to go shoeless, you know, across the savannah to go track this track this thing down. That's, you know, it's just the beginning of your problems. Yeah. It was it wasn't easy back then.
0: All right, it was National Video Game Day according yeah. to my friend Super 70 Sports and he put a short little clip of Galaga saying yes. in honor of National uh, Video Game Day, I'm here to represent the goat. And I laughed because Oh, I played the shit out of Galaga or Galaga, however you pronounced it.
1: I think it's Galaga.
0: Yeah, at the uh, at the bowling alley back in the day, and I'd say of all the games that I was pretty good at from that era, nineteen eighties, Galaga was one I could get a good ten to twelve screens into.
1: Oh yeah, that was uh, that's a if and by the way, way better game than its contemporaries. His contemporaries were Galaxian. Uh, yeah, and it was still of the Ms. Pac-Man era, the Asteroids era. Right. But it it was so much better than all of those, all of them, and it was it wasn't even close, really. And uh, and Galaga, you know, the fact that you could sort of build your ship up, that was pretty revolutionary. Well, you could
0: dock then. you could dock two of them together for double the firepower, which you needed before the challenging stage. Do doot. That's
1: incre I can't did you pre- did you prep that? No. Because you can't tell me you remembered that from no. 35 years
0: ago. Come church, on. church church it's burned in my brain. And yet I oh still my God. I still strain to remember my two daughters' birth dates when pressed to <laughs> the fire. Did you
1: play of that <laughs> same era? Did you play track and field?
0: Absolutely. And here was here was how track and field came up in a recent conversation with my nephew. My nephew uh, in high school in Philly throws javelin. Wow, and we were, cool. And we were talking javelin and I said, what's the optimal angle to throw the javelin? What do they coach? And yeah. he shrugged his shoulders like, I don't know. You just run as fast as you can and try to try to throw it out there and you know whatever and i go i know the answer right and i had to explain to him i said well you know luke there used to be a video game (laughs) in which there'd be two buttons Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 you think you think that galaga is the only game i can remember the audio to oh no my friend not the case (laughs) <laughs> and I would watch in awe as the local Utes that were really good at the game at the 7-Eleven in downtown McLean on the mean streets would just huck that javelin forever, like 212 feet. And of course, oh, they yeah. always went for the perfect 45 degree angle.
1: 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. It was all it was more about the angle than it was anything else. Now, did your guys' Well, you employ- could, but there
0: was no supplement for speed. And then <laughs> And there's no supplement for button speed. No, I mean, because the angle only got you so far, but the pure speed of the running was what's key, and of course not foot fouling. you got to get as close to the line as possible. There were guys that I knew that figured out a way with a rubber band and a pencil to sort Correct. of basically trick that and get super speed running using that device. You two? No,
1: I, I, we didn't use the, we used the pencil. We didn't use the or a comb because back then, everybody had a comb in their back pocket <laughs> single black Dave, comb. As, you, as you remember that's right the single black comb and because you had to feather your hair you know you needed to be able to spontaneously feather your hair at any point which you needed feathering. you had to be able to feather on demand yep you don't need the rubber band you if you rested the if you rested the um the pencil um Uh, above your ring finger and your your pointer finger but uh below your middle finger you could use you could treat it like a teeter-totter so when you push down on one side of the pencil the other side went up and Mm. so you only had to hit one of the buttons at a time and the pencil would hit the other button so you could hammer the hell out of (laughs) one button and it's hitting the other button equally quickly on the other side and that was, that was the cheat that, you know, it absolutely destroyed the machine at that point.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I asked my nephew, I said, well, what other, you know, because he, he joked, he's like, yeah, I used to do the track portion, but then I got lazy, I didn't want to run. So I started doing <laughs> javelin because it was the field. And yeah. I, said, I said, well, did you try the hammer throw? And he looked at me like a dog with his sideways head, like, what? And I go, yeah, the hammer <laughs> throw. And he's like, yeah, we don't do that. I go, you wow. don't? And I had to explain to him that it was not like a hammer, but it was some ball on the end of a short chain that you would then spin around wildly and fling Mm. as far as you could. And that because it was dangerous, the release point was so precise, spinning really, 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 really really quickly that if you missed it, you'd throw it into the side of the cage.
1: (laughs) That's right. And you see, the timing got really, really hard on that thing.
0: Exactly.
1: As he he was spinning. And so, you know, if you waited to get the maximum speed on that spin, then you were playing with fire for sure. Very, very dangerous.
0: Hell of a game, though, that track and field, because it had had a lot of interesting things. The high jump was difficult because it required speed, plant, Uh then two parts of your vertical launch, and then when you started to angle your guy's body over the bar. It yes. was it was quite an art to it. That's for sure. Now you said high jump, but
1: that's you're thinking of the pole, pole vault.
0: No, I, but pole well, vault. pole vault was tough, but the high jump was every bit as tough.
1: Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I remember pole vault. Maybe I wasn't getting to the high jump. Mm. I don't remember. Was the high jump was tricky? You though. did but have no, to. Wait, was it? You did have to unlock.
0: Buzz? You did have to unlock you know additional events as you went forward
1: well, you I don't like every event save if you did, well, even the, one, the 100 yard dash was the first one if you didn't make your 10 seconds on the 100 yard dash <laughs> you just spent a quarter on less than 10 and over 10 seconds of play time <laughs> they
0: would really they would really bounce you out after 10 seconds
1: yes on the very first round dead that would be it wow. now you had now you had three or two tries was it two tries or three tries in each event
0: I believe it was three tries.
1: Three tries. I think it was three tries in each event as well. So, you know, I Wiki, guess you can Wiki, get
0: it. Wikipedia says Konami made it in 1983. Uh, and It was an <clears throat> official license for the 84 Summer Olympics. Wow. 100-meter uh, dash, followed by the long jump, followed by the javelin, followed by the hurdles, followed by the hammer throw, followed by the high jump.
1: Aha. Uh-huh.
0: So it said there was no pole vault in this one.
1: Okay, I'm I'm just wrong then. I'm just misremembering. I'm confusing the high jump and the pole vault. I I thought the pole vault was in.
0: I thought there might be. Well, remember there was track and field two, and track track and field two probably had the pole vault. But anyway, so there's that. What else on National Video Games Day would you like to tip the cap to?
1: Um. You know, I was talking recently for uh, for an author. We've got a local author who's writing a book on history of video games, and we were going through the most impactful video game of all time. And I made what I think is a very compelling case that Doom is the most impactful video game
0: of now, all time. Let me stop you right there. Are you talking all platforms, all, all eras platforms. of video games? So we're talking arcade, home, home console, computer, even cell phone and iPad?
1: Yes. History of video games. Nothing changed the landscape more than Doom. So pivotal, so transcendent, it cratered everything that launched anywhere near it because it was the first game that really introduced first-person shooters to the masses. Wow.
0: This is 19, know, 1993, mm-hmm. and it was it was developed for MS DOS.
1: It was DOS. That's right. It was DOS based. And in Z- you, you people, most listeners who are not old like me, will, will will not appreciate this. It was the first video game to really use. Dedicated sound cards in your computers. Every game before that was making bleeps and bloops. This thing had the <laughs> roar of the monsters, and it, it when you fired up that chainsaw, it was you know you could you could feel and hear the chainsaw, and you could hear these things groaning. And when you chainsawed into the chest of the monsters, you could hear the the, the ooze and the visceral stuff flying all over. It was great. And when you shot off the BFG nine thousand. Big, effing gun 9, <laughs> Um, That you could you know you could feel and hear it. it oh, wow. it was so great. The horsepower on the BFG nine thousand so forceful. Every shot registered in your soul as it melted enemies into the ground. <laughs> and Doom had online multiplayer and cooperative play as in nineteen ninety three. Wait, whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. There was no such thing as online in
1: 1993. Modem, dial-up modem, Beep. or across. Bang, bang. Y- yes, or across your own internal network. So oh, your computers shit. are all networked together, oh, and you could play.
0: You could play your yes. sister. You could play your sister in her bedroom on your own home network. <laughs> if if you were the son of uh, you know Steve Jobs. Or Steve Ballmer, someone like that. So I don't think I ever played Doom, and being 1993, I'm trying to remember where I was and what the fuck I was doing in 93. You know what I need to do, charges? I need to go back and just create a personal timeline of my life and just note where was I living, where was I working, and notable events along the way. Because I, 93, I was still doing... UC Santa Barbara basketball, living in California, wow. renting a room, driving a red Mitsubishi Eclipse Turbo. Ooh, which... those were hot at the time. 1992 Mitsu Eclipse Turbo. Red. Cherry red, by the way. Oh, of uh, course. <laughs> I bought it off of uh, a woman. Oh, there it is. God. GSX that thing was freaking great it oh, was a it was a rocket it was a rocket but it was only 180 horsepower really I'm shocked yeah I know but it was a, it was a fun car I remember I bought it off this single mother in Santa Barbara California for $12,000 and it, wow. I kind of I kind of chinst her on it well I mean I mean, look I bought it off her she agreed to sell it to me so there's that and um, and I was, I, it was pretty good deal on it. And man, did I love that car! I should have kept don't, it.
1: Don't you wish? One of this, literally, one of my great regrets in life is I didn't keep a, a diary, journal, something to just note the big things. You know, I think there's this, you know, when you think of like keeping a diary, it's going to be like, "Dear diary, oh, Susie, Susie wouldn't talk to me today. I was and, sad today. You know, it's a, right? You know, forget that bullshit." How about just the really big like you know just you know you just keep it on your bedside and if you had a really important day you just scribbled on a couple of notes how know, how great would that be now if you would have had that through your whole life and career you know god i got to make this really big decision do i take this job and move or do i you know or do i not you know all you know all of these things that would have been just So great to have it in just a timeline of, and you know, even if you're not pouring your heart out and turning it into 2000 words a day, even if it's 20 words twice a month, it would have been incredibly valuable.
0: That's, that's only if charts, you can stomach going back to read what your little, you know, early twenties self thought of life and the world. I actually have some, some letter. my, My mom saved letters back home from college. And while wow. I read, I read some of them. I couldn't read a whole lot because it was just too painful. Either I was embarrassed at some of the dumb shit I was writing, or or charge sad that those days oh. were long over, Damn. and I ain't never going back to those days when life was simpler. The world was simpler. Oh heck yeah! I had Damn. hair and a gleam in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> and genetics has has shorn me of my wool and life and the world has beaten me down to where the gleam is no longer there. Yeah, Just kidding. And, the gleam is you know, still there.
1: And the other well it is um, in in your eye and probably you gotta your generals, keep the gleam. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you also have two football fields in your backyard, and
0: I do not have you know, two. Three I have no, I have one. One okay. and, and and I'm probably not going to paint it this year.
1: Well, all right. I if know you 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 don't do. You, you, apparently, you don't use it enough, or else as for that I purpose, never,
0: I never did use it. I I've told you this story. I've got two daughters, who don't really right. care for sports. And um, you know, if I had three, if I had four boys, oh, we'd we'd use the shit out of the field. We'd have big organized games, and dad would be like. Daryl LaMonica, the old man quarterback. I'm like the designated QB. Can't touch me. I don't want to run too fast. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of Daryl LaMonica as the... No, I'd be like George Blanda. I'd be a quarterback kicker. Didn't George Blanda play in the NFL until he was like forever years old?
1: 48 or something, yeah. (laughs) Some crazy time like that, yes.
0: Yeah, there, there, I'm looking at George Blanda right there. Yeah, I'd be like George Blanda. My four sons would uh, run around. We'd take on the whole neighborhood. I once joked to my wife, I said... Wouldn't it be great if we uh, we ended up, you know, I've had four sons and a basketball court in the backyard and me and the four boys took on the neighborhood. <laughs> never happened. That's life.
1: It's such a great idea, though, right?
0: That's life, but it never happened. so so some say some joke that I was overcompensating, sort of like Ray Kinsella in Field of Dreams uh, with this uh, football field for the sons I didn't have and the athletic glory I never witnessed.
1: I say fine. Okay, that I might said, be right and and so but who cares?
0: I said I did it cuz it was fucking badass cool and I'm a grass aficionado and yeah. when that shit was painted all up, I just literally stood there and looked at it like <laughs> look at this. This shit is real. <laughs> like this is right here in my backyard. And I had a road that a gravel road in the country that went right behind the back of it and I would I would stand on my porch and I'd watch cars stop <laughs> As they drove past a church, because they couldn't believe what they were seeing.
1: It's, well, has that gotten, has that gotten boring? Is it that that doesn't even interest you anymore? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just like everything in life. Everything gets boring. You stay wow. at one, you stay at enough five-star hotels. You're not loving five-star hotels anymore. You're just pissed when you end up in a four-star.
1: How do we end up? How do we, how does anybody stay married, Zabe?
0: That's a miracle.
1: You know, you you know, you could you know, you get married to the five star hotel. You, you look at the Yelp reviews are all positive. You're you're feeling really confident.
0: Well, it's, it's because checking out of the hotel matrimony is an expensive bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your short down and dirty answer to how is it that so many people stay married. Speaking of that, Mazel, Mazel. To the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, uh, one Baker Mayfield got married this Why? weekend.
1: Why would he do that, Zabe?
0: What do you think? You're... What do you think about it? Because there's I, conflicting I, I, schools it's of absurd. thought. You, <laughs> you think Why? it's absurd.
1: Oh, he's, he, he has nothing to gain by this. Literally nothing. Stability. Now, it's one thing.
0: Happiness. It's, a foundation oh, well, in life. His soulmate. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Church.
1: Yeah, that's it's absurd. Now. If in he is, Tom Brady's case, it's a little different. He married the he's he married into the money, right? Yeah, you but know? but he's, on, he's on his mull- he's
0: on he's, his mulligan marriage.
1: He is on his mulligan As marriage. As are That's you on your mulligan
0: true. marriage, you know?
1: Correct. Now he he uh he I think he, this is this is a perfect case. Baker Mayfield could have looked at Tom Brady and said, I don't need to rush into this. Look at Tom Brady. This is it's He gains nothing by this. He's incredibly young still. What is he, 23
0: or something? True. But, incredibly young. But think of it this way in in today's age, it becomes quite a circus anytime you're dating somebody, and it becomes quite a story. And so you really got to tiptoe gently. And I would think that he would look at it like, man, all these thirsty hoes are going to be coming at me because he's very active on social media. Oh,
1: oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This will stop the thirsty hoes.
0: Uh, the, oh, they'll respect, ha! they'll respect a wedding band charge. Come on.
1: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll stop them.
0: All right. Well, fair all enough. All
1: it does. All it does. Here's, here's the thing. It, it's the it's totally unfair, but the reality is when you are a dude who bounces between chick to chick to chick to chick, to chick Rob Gronkowski, everybody's like high five him. And he, you know, he's, you know, he's almost like a masculine ideal for, for having done this. The moment you get married, you can't do that one time. Oh, I know. Not at all. It's over. That's it. It's unless you, over. unless you have a, is,
0: unless you have a super rare open marriage with but, a woman under has, thirty, which I don't but think. But in his exists. case,
1: but in his case, it it have to be open to the public because he will be under public scrutiny for this, right? Yeah. So you could have, if you could have the, he could have the open marriage agreement, but when he gets busted in the media and social media, they're not going to know he has an open marriage. True. So it won't matter. He'll, he'll have to go through the ringer anyway. He, uh, it's absurd. Unless know. he honestly somehow has himself convinced that he's never going to have sex with anybody else or want to have sex with anybody else for the rest of his life. What does Baker Mayfield have to gain?
0: Well, oh, like I stated, soulmate, peace, love, understanding, a rock of Gibraltar to come home to when he has a tough game with the Cleveland Browns. You
1: I know. could give Baker Mayfield that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you're overestimating your abilities to be his soulmate, personally. But what do I know? <laughs> uh, well,
1: if, if if he knew where I had him ranked uh, for this year in fantasy football, he might he might feel differently. Do
0: they call Very positive? Do they call love charge the rational science? No, <laughs> no, they don't. Love is an emotion. Right, it's not a science at all. No, it's tis, there, there is no, there is no accounting for taste, as my dad always says to me, and there is no formula for love. It's something that overcomes you. Well, yeah, you know, poor Roxy. <laughs> it overcomes Jeez. you, and then it financially overwhelms you when the love goes. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, I I wish Baker Mayfield, Mazel, Mazel, good things even though Charge um, does not. And no, Charge has I, now dropped him uh, 10 spots in his upcoming right. Fanball.com fantasy rankings. By the way, where are we in the fantasy calendar right now? Uh,
1: we are T-minus four weeks away from the first uh, Fantasy Football Weekly radio show of the year.
0: Ding, ding, ding. Um, can be yeah. heard on the iHeart Radio app? Yes, it
1: can. We Out have our own K- channel called Fantasy Football Weekly.
0: And it uh, Well, okay, so you're your own channel then.
1: Yes, we have our own channel, uh, Fantasy Football Weekly. You could hear it live on Saturday mornings by going to the KFAN channel, but why do that when we have our own channel? We'll post it there an hour later, so you can just do that. Subscribe to that. Also on iTunes, subscribe there too.
0: How many leagues do drafts in July? Um, Rough percentage. Ten percent?
1: Less. Five.
0: Okay. So only these kind of leagues in which it's my old college buddies, we gather in some city to play golf drink bourbon and draft our fantasy teams. And July is the only month we could do it because everyone's got kids in sports and high school starting up blah, blah, blah. Right. Correct.
1: And, and by the way, that's the right choice. It's getting together is way more important The fellowship, the golf, the the bourbon. That's all way more important. I'd
0: I'd love to have a league like that. I just haven't, (laughs) I haven't kept up with my nominal amount of friends from college. (laughs)
1: or is that they they don't want maybe they haven't kept up with you well i guess i guess it's a
0: two-way street right you you, you have to you have to search out people if i was on facebook the root of all evil and hatred in this world uh and the surveillance tool of big tech if i was on facebook it'd be easier to find these people but then again um i don't really want to be on facebook so i'm not no
1: you you don't I I I ended my account. Don't do it. Did you really? Don't do it.
0: Yeah. When, I I quit it. When did you do that?
1: Oh about a year ago when um and the year before that, I slowed it way, way, way down because I was not happy with their with their the way they handle people's privacy. I wasn't happy with huh. handle your privacy. There, yeah, no right. privacy. there is no privacy. There is exactly. Mark Zuckerberg going before Congress and just lying. Totally. I'm like, you know what? Forget this. You know, I and as you know, you get limited to 5,000 uh connections. Other people can follow you, but you can't follow them back and all that other stuff. So said, you know what? Really? I'm on I'm doing t- my Twitter, I was you had
0: you had more than five thousand anyway. connections in Facebook. I well, like you, probably. probably I don't figure.
1: know if you used Facebook enough. I you know, I had five thousand. Had five sounds like I'm a bigger even bigger ass than I am, but I have 5,000 connections within a few months of starting okay. my Facebook account but you know on Twitter, I've got 65,000 so it's just you know yeah. there's so much more reach and, and Twitter's slightly slightly less bonkers on on and you know being invasive on your privacy
0: right I don't so- know how much I don't know how much data Twitter is able to glean from me and then sell. But it's a lot less than Facebook, that's for damn sure. Correct. And when it comes to the thing, you know what drove me off of Facebook was was three things, basically. One was political rants, number one. Number Number two was just how cluttered the interface was my sort of neat and tidy mind wanted it simpler. I didn't want all this extra stuff. And so I tried to sort of weed out the digital garden and say, I don't want this plant here. Can I get rid of this pain entirely? No, no, no. You're going to take the experience as they tell you how to take the Facebook experience, right?
1: Correct. They know better than you do.
0: Come on. Right. And then they would change how it is done periodically and you'd have to learn Mm -hmm. a whole new set of tricks. And as sweet Georgia Brown said in that viral video, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I got bronchitis. I ain't got time for that. It was a fire. So <laughs> the third thing that really sent me scurrying from Facebook was people's vacation photos. Uh... Fuck you. I don't care that you're someplace better than me.
1: <laughs> in fact,
0: I look at you like... Oh, nice vacation, asshole. Hope you're enjoying it. I'm not in the Alps. I'm not in California's wine country. I'm not on the north shore of Oahu. Why the fuck do I care if you're there? Get out of my face. Now, does that make me petty and jealous? Guilty as charged, Your Honor. Didn't need to see it.
1: The other part of that? How many people have the knockdown, dragout drag-out fights with their partner when they travel?
0: Regarding anything. Oh, and that. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make Facebook.
1: That never makes Facebook. It's never (laughs) that, right? It's never the big, big fight with uh, you know with the wife uh, that happens there, and it happens all the time because. We get locked into our routines at home, where we know all our boundaries. We know everybody's hot buttons, and oh, yeah. you know, you're around the house, you got it all you know. You mostly got to figure it figured out about how you know where how you, how you don't stray into conflict.
0: And you're not then, stressed. And and vacations are stressors.
1: They Travel are, is a stressor. Sure.
0: There was a yes. there was a there was a there was a rental car parking garage throw down with my wife and I on <laughs> our trip to Orlando, that nearly ended the trip within an hour of us landing. <laughs> Case in point, it—I it, 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 gotta tell you—it it threw a, it, it threw a frost on the first two days of the entire experience. But luckily, we both had the good sense to not decide to dig further into what had just happened that night. We just sort of let it lay dormant.
1: Yeah,
0: and that yeah. And that, that 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 my friend, I think is uh, twenty-two plus years in country. Of experience in marriage, that we both realized. Okay, am I cutting out on you?
1: No, actually, you're not. Yeah, and okay. you know. And thank God that that you know the big two day frost happened on that trip and not your trip to hedonism. <laughs> I
0: mean, is that place still? Is that place still around?
1: I don't know. I assume it is. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's you know, if it's not, maybe we should start one in Minnesota. I tell you
0: couple quick looking for new things couple quick hitters here uh how yeah. was having a pga tour event regular tour event not a major back in minnesota did you enjoy it
1: um I, two things one um i don't really golf i like golf i will do it in retirement i don't have time to golf so i don't really golf but i do really enjoy the tour and i will watch all the majors i will periodically duck in and out on weekends and see what's happening but from and a pride through-
0: standpoint was it nice to have one back
1: It was because here we are, we're hosting, we're hosting US Opens. We're hosting the Ryder Cup twice in 12 years. You know, this is, we have the highest per capita number of golfers in America, in Minnesota.
0: That's weird. And
1: we didn't have an event. Now that's it. Attending golf events is the worst possible expenditure of a sports dollar on a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. So here's, I mean, here's how it goes you may decide you want to sit in the tee box and you're going to watch your favorite golfers you know, tee off all day. So you see one shot and you know, you, you see the flight and it goes into the fairway and you do your polite clapping and then it's another one. And then it's another one. And then that one went in the woods. Safe think, to oh, say, okay. safe
0: to say you've been to a pro a golf event. Many. Oh, many,
1: many. many. Why? I, and majors. which ones? The majors. i, I've been, I I have okay. sat I've sat at the 18th hole of a US Open on Sunday. Okay. Oh so I mean I and yeah. that's that, by the way sitting at the hole is no better either might I well,
0: add. Well, uh, look, it's a couple things. You're not wrong Charge, that golf is the sport with the largest playing field and the smallest ball of <clears> any sport. And so it it has one of each. So it's the largest field, smallest ball, both are the biggest and the smallest in any class. Correct. So you're so in terms of action, it also There's has, it, it also has, if you count action as the time a golfer first starts to draw his club back, Yeah, we'll give him that extra second before impact mm-hmm. until yep. the ball stops rolling. You have the smallest percentage of actual action to the envelope of time that a regulation game or in this case round takes place it's infinitesimal
1: you're you, you're 100% correct and in between all of that there is nothing to do there's no big screen to look at
0: standing there's around no, waiting there's
1: no what's her name red panda who does the halftime <laughs> acts. there's no director no. there's no um, there's no you know the dancers are I mean,
0: and you're at the mercy of nothing. the elements the sun the heat, yes. the humidity, the thunderstorms, the rain, the bugs, and the- the let's say, God forbid, look. In my case, I'm on the 18th hole. It's Sunday,
1: and it's let's say two o'clock. I gotta pee.
0: <laughs> now what? Ah, ah. You can't just now find a tre- you can't just find a tree as you would if now you were playing the course because too many people are around. You'd be arrested.
1: Well, sure, and not only that, but if I'm sitting in the stands, that's it. I give up my seat. It becomes an exercise. It's really it's an it's an exercise it's, it's insane. in dehydration. It's insane. You can't dare <laughs> hydrate during if you've got a good spot. You can't dare hydrate.
0: However, charge. Event. However, here's the thing: if you love golf and you want to see the best players in the world, there is no sport in which you can buy a general admission ticket, meaning the cheapest possible ticket, and get two feet away from the greatest player who ever played the game in Tiger Woods. Because you can do that. You can get far enough ahead of him, stake out a spot next to a tee box where you can get really Uh close, and wait. Is it worth it? For most people, no. But if you're a super-duper golf nerd, like I was growing up, you marvel at all the things the pros did, all the little nuances, what his caddy would do while he was waiting to hit and uh, the type of clubs he had and how he lined up and Little conversations you might overhear. If you're a nerd, you soak it all up.
1: You are... Do you watch much Golf Channel?
0: A lot, yeah.
1: You know who Frank Nabilo is?
0: Can't stand him. Great guy. Can't stand him. Allegedly.
1: I I was uh, in my... Uh, back when he was playing, yes. he was my favorite. He was one of my favorite golfers because he was the son of pirates, and I thought that was pretty darn cool. And if I'm going to like a golfer, I'd like to, you know, I'd like great grand, great, he's like great grandson of uh, pirates, allegedly. Legitimate New
0: pirates. Zealand, yeah. He, he probably but, said that as a as a marketing hook back in the day.
1: So I'm at the Doral and decide I'm going to follow Frank Navarro. Yeah, and so track him down on you know like whole and um i'm a right by him there's nobody tracking frank Nablo because he was a an utterly nondescript player for right. the most part with an in, in, indistinguished uh playing career so he hits the ball and i just walked behind him and so i followed him for like two and a half holes <laughs> he probably he probably
0: is ready to call security go there's a exactly, stalker after, after me
1: that's exactly what happened after like two and a half holes he's looking at me like just like that. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Nobody else is following him but me. And with that withering look, that was the end of following him around. And Frank Nablo went on his way to probably not even make the cut. But that that's, was, uh, yeah, you can do that if you want to. Now you can't do that with Tiger Woods. But that,
0: That's hilarious. You know, Nablo is, I asked on my golf show this Sunday, if you could vote one guy off of golf TV forever. Who would it be, Gary McCord, Brandel Chambly, (laughs) or Frank Nabilo? McCord I can't stand. He has diarrhea of the mouth. The only guy that thinks McCord is funny is Gary McCord. McCord, yeah. So I'm so sick of his act, I can't even tell you. Chambly I like, but I said I'd like to kick him off TV just to watch his expression because I think he would ruin it. (laughs) I think his face would turn ashen and he'd be like, no no matter how much money he has, even post-divorce, and no matter what else he would do in the game of golf, something, I'm sure, the fact that he couldn't be the show pony on the set on the golf channel would kill him. But Nabilo would be my guy, and here's why. Frank Nabilo says less with more words than anyone (laughs) who's ever been an analyst on television. And you'll you'll hear his signature phrase all the time is, you know, Brandel, you're absolutely right, Brandel. He is just a, an agreement machine, and it's all cliches, and I sit there, and I watch, and I go, you didn't tell me anything, you jackass. You prattled on for a minute and a half and said nothing. Duvall, I think, is excellent. Lerner is sublime. Chambly, wow. despite being a bit of an unctuous show pony, brings some good stats and a bit of an edge to the set. Bones McKay has been good as a guy to add along with it, but Navalo, Out. So that's my who's own stance the, who's on him. the?
1: Who is the best golf voice?
0: Who's A-Zinger. the best? Azinger? Analyst Azinger. Play by play, Tariko. Although he's mm-hmm. out of the rotation now because of how the rights for golf shifted. Trico's Tariqo, yeah. phenomenal on anything. He's the. Actually, yeah. God, yeah, he is really, so good. Football was great, too. Football was phenomenal. And some people didn't like him and they would argue with me. And I said, i put He's up the good. put up the hand. I said, no, no, talk to the hand. I'm like, yeah. I will argue just about anything with anybody. I won't argue this with him. I will argue with charge about video games, but I'm not arguing about the quality of play-by-play from one Michael Tirico.
1: Is, is there a golf equivalent? Well, I'm going to rephrase this. Doc Emmerich is so far ahead of the field in his sport. I don't think there's anybody else who is in their sport that far ahead. Doc Emmerich, Doc is
0: is sublime. Doc is a a joy to listen to because he has joy in his voice in calling a sport that he has called so long and so many stinking games. Mm -hmm. No human in his right mind should have the ebullience with every call that Mike Doc Emmerich has.
1: And speaking of ebullience... He has he will use turns of phrase that oh. you swear you've never even heard him use before but he's done this a thousand times He
0: tries he to use the use perfect the... word poke, chip, yes. slap, parlay, yes, you know chisel, Carol. flip, advance, rotate I mean there's a there's actually a doc Emrick soundboard on the internet. No kidding yeah it's got like all the different words that he has used where if you click on them, it hits it hits the sound. I need to really connect my computer to the podcast apparatus so I can play these things in real time. Yeah, good job, boss. Way to go. Fuck you people complaining about this. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up with charge in two seconds here. All right, so uh, yeah, Doc Emmerich is absolutely outstanding. Okay, let's end on this. You wanted a minute on the U.S. Women's National Team and the pay disparity. Go.
1: It's absurd. Um, as a percentage of revenue gained, the men's, player, men's World Cup is a $6 billion enterprise. Women's World Cup is a $130 million enterprise. By a percentage of revenue, the women make 400 times percent to 400 percent more money than their male counterparts do. And it should matter. And because I'm not going to prattle on for a long time about this, and by the way, they're also they're well compensated anyway. They're making over a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, they're they're doing okay here. Um, where this is really gets deep is Title Nine college sports. And if the next time somebody tells you, Zabe, college athletes got to get paid, those you know those basketball kids are bringing in you know millions of dollars, not getting anything. Wait until Title Nine and the girls' cross country team is demanding equal pay, because that's the part of the whole athletes getting paid thing that nobody seems to want to talk about. Is how this thing trickles down through Title IX to women's sports that nobody watches.
0: Wow. So you're saying you're saying that uh, eventually the women will eat themselves that women's sports that are not getting as much Title IX money will say we want more of your money, soccer.
1: They're going to demand, they they're going to demand the women's cross-country team or the women's, you know, field hockey team is going to demand as much money as the Notre Dame football team is getting or the, you know, or the basketball team is making the, how they are going to demand equal pay for that. And that's something that you don't hear people talk about yeah. in that particular conversation. You have to be ready to pay the women's cross country team as much as the men's basketball players. Yeah,
0: Well, there there's that. And there's also the simple fact that women's soccer and men's soccer are different sports. And by that, it's like saying, well, how come this dirt track racer in upstate New York doesn't make as much as Michael Schumacher in Formula One? It's just right. it's racing. Yeah, well, it's different levels of racing. It's different revenue generating. But yeah, technically, it is racing, but it's two different sports. That's the difference between men and women's soccer in terms of revenue. But on top of that, it gets worse. I was reading this article in the Washington Post. that went into a deep dive about it. The women's national team... Through their union representative, signed a new agreement with USA Soccer that closes the gap between them and the men to about maybe about eleven percent when you count it all up. In addition, women on the World Cup team receive a hundred thousand dollar salary for every year that they're on the team. Jeez! So if you're if you make the team, congratulations! Here's a hundred grand. You're good for a year. That includes benefits and health insurance and everything else. The men, they only get bonuses for World Cup or qualifying wins. Wow, that's it. Right, because the men are earning their money from their club teams or perhaps overseas. Oh,
1: no. yeah, that's it. Okay. But get
0: this. This is the deal the women negotiated less than two years ago. And they're not happy. Yes, and and they now want to renegotiate after they won, claiming, well, we're such better winners than the men. We mm. should get paid even more. When you add it all up, they're going to do really well from this World Cup because there are victory tour kickers, endorsement kickers, other things they get paid. They're going to do really, really well. <laughs>
1: yeah, no but kidding. you know what?
0: You, you, you just can't fight the tide of stupid and or agenda driven sports journalism or what I'm going to put journalism in quotes. You can't fight the tide of stupid and or righteous. And so they write their stories and they write them and they rewrite them and it more comes. And if you really get too much of a hard on for this, you're looking for a call to the principal's office or worse.
1: Oh yeah. You can, uh, it can be bad. It can what? be a career ender for somebody in our business.
0: Why are you hating on the women's team like that? Yep. Yeah. Like I saw a video of Alex Morgan, who I think is a dime. I think I'm allowed to say that. I saw a video of her in the locker room twerking on one of the Instagram feeds of one of the U S women's soccer team players. I immediately did my Andy Samberg <laughs> face
1: Because I love her.
0: And I love seeing an apex predator athlete, even on the women's side, twerking away like that in a very sexual nature. Excuse me for living. I'm a man. I'm a visual creature. Which brings us right back to where we started. But you can't really say that anymore on the radio. You can only say it on a podcast. You can only hope that nobody got to the 47th minute of an interview with paul charge in to go and why
1: and why would they
0: honest to god and say, then they would then if they, wa- then if they wanted to get the boat rocking back and forth they'd have to pull the quote and pull the audio and say did you see what this guy said he implied <laughs> that he jizzed in his pants like the lonely <laughs> island song when he saw alex morgan <laughs> celebrating with the teammates that's the sexiest, most sexist thing ever i hate it let's get him fired That's a a hard boat to get rocking back and forth. One tweet, though, from me, from my official account, which, by the Mm -hmm. way, is not official. One tweet, though, from my account. That's a little bit off base. Oh, boy. Retweet, retweet. Send it at people. Get the mob going, everybody.
1: All right. Doesn't take much. Uh, Uh, I think we can prove that nobody makes it to the 47-minute mark. What do you mean? And here's how we can do it. Anybody who's actually made it to this point. This is weird. Yeah. Hashtag on Twitter, hashtag
0: hashtag forty seven Minute Man,
1: forty seven Minute Man. Yes. There you go. You're hashtag forty seven. A... You are forty seven Minute Man. You made
0: it right. Exactly.
1: All right, then we'll know.
0: By the way, Not I don't only... think I didn't really jizz in my pants. I just smiled and I said about Alex Morgan, "What a great winner she is. She should make as much money as Alexi yeah. Lalas." He doesn't play anymore. Okay, fine. She should make as much money make- as Landon Donovan. No, same this? thing. Not playing. Yeah. How about how about
1: makes as much money as she can through whatever means that she wants. By That's the way, like- have
0: you seen Alex Morgan's uh, swimsuit issue photos on SI? No. Yeah, you might want to Google that.
1: I'm guessing that there's not a lot of swimsuit.
0: No, there's swimsuit, all right.
1: Is there? Okay.
0: But she's got it, man. She's got it going on, and she is a World Cup champion. She's going to make a lot of money from Madison Avenue, so there's that. Church, as always, a joy and a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Let's wrap it up on this one. It is bull running season. Yes, that's right, the annual running of the bulls in Pamplona. And of course, the associated injuries and maybe deaths, although I don't think anyone's died this year. This is the story of one American lawyer, Jamie Alvarez, who got run over and gored in the neck after trying to take a selfie from inside the bull ring. He, he lived, uh, although doctors say it was a miracle that the bull's horn, which went deep into his neck and fractured a part of his cheekbone, didn't hit his jugular vein, didn't hit any major arteries. They called it a miracle. They got a picture of this guy. This is USA Today, Jamie Al- Alvarez. You can look it up. He works as a public defender in Santa Clara County, California. And the funny thing was he was, uh, he was in Spain with his family, and he broke away from them. Their, their son was playing at a soccer tournament. He said, "I want to go to Pamplona and check out the running of the bulls." And his daughter and wife said, "Don't get hurt. Don't join the crowd that runs with them." What did he do? He joined the crowd. It says that hundreds of runners with varying degrees of fitness and hours of sleep race ahead of the bulls, charging through a cobblestone and barricaded street course to Pamplona's bull ring. Records dating back to 1910 list 16 deaths from the event. Alvarez said he he ran most of the nearly 1,000-yard course ahead of the bulls, but by the time they entered the bullfighting plaza at the end, the pack of animals had caught up with him. He said he climbed onto a fence for safety, but then climbed down to be in the arena only to shoot a short video. When he thought the danger had passed, he said he wanted just a five-second video scene to say, here I am. I did it. That's when the stray bull came running at him fast and gored his ass in the neck. Here's the thing that kills me about the story, and I read it four times. And I scanned it, and I was like, what the fuck am I missing here? Tell me if you know what happened here. This guy is shown lying in a hospital bed with one leg missing, unless his knee is folded under him. Okay, maybe it looks like they're like, uh, lawyer gored by bull nearly killed and he's lying on his hospital bed with a bandage on his cheek and one leg and I looked at it looked at it I said I think that thing is an amputee could he have been running with the bulls as an amputee how nuts is that Okay, that is a wrap for today. My God, look at the time. Me and Charge get carried away. We have a lot of fun. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Charge for joining me tonight. Don't forget subscribe to the Friday Zabe Cast You get all of me five days a week for the low price of $1.33 a week. I know you got the money. It helps keep the lights on around here and keep me motivated. I thank everyone who does subscribe. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.